Beyond, we're back. <laughs> we are. You may or may not have expected us. Yeah, well, whether you did or did not, hello and welcome to yet another episode of, of Cookie Pocket. This podcast is about film. I'm joined by Zach and Mitchell, as always. I'm Christian. It is great to, uh, well, I don't get to interact with you, but it's great that you get to interact with us. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> we'll take questions at the end. Yes. Yeah. This is not quite a, a season debut, per se. Uh, the impetus for this gathering is the release of another Batman film. The Batman, yep. directed... <laughs> Lion King 2.5. <laughs> yes, uh, helmed by Matt Reeves of, of Planet of the Apes prequel sequel excellence and Cloverfield, what have you. We may discuss that at, at a point in the future. <laughs> And um, Robert mm. Pattinson is doing his thing as as an emo Bruce, and we'll we'll get into that. But uh, let's start it how we always start it. Try to get back into the groove here. Uh, ratings out of five. General thoughts. Well, should I go get first? In there, Zach. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, time to get out your eggs and tomato, folks, because <laughs> I like this film, but for me, this is only a three out of five, uh, which means it was good, and I did enjoy it a lot but um there were things in it that i thought were lacking i really liked the first two acts because the first two acts i think deliver on what was promised by matt reeves by the marketing by the production crew which was a really focused kind of smaller scale detective style batman movie sort of in the style of like zodiac or seven but then where I start to not like it as much is that third act, where I think everything kind of blows up, it gets way bigger, it turns into kind of like a typical Batman movie ending that you would have seen in like the Dark Knight trilogy. And I think that, although I didn't dislike that ending, I don't think it really meshes with the lower key vibe that was established in the first two acts. And to me, it felt like it kind of took something away from the story and I wasn't as keen on it. Uh, it was still good, I still enjoyed it, still a 3 out of 5, but I thought that there was something more that could have been done with that setup and could have been done with this cast and crew and this idea, and I didn't think it was kind of executed to its fully, fullest extent by the climax and ending that we got. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! Boo me, yes. I'm just kidding, Zach. I respect your opinion. Thank you. Thank I you. I gave the four and a half out of five. I went out and read every single Batman comic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I know Zach didn't read freaking Detective Comics number 66 <laughs> or Year One or Earth One. I, I, I have read Year One. Long Halloween. <laughs> I, I have read Long one. Halloween. You named the I, one that he read. <laughs> I really like Long Halloween, and this reminded me of Long Halloween in the first two acts, which is part of why I liked it a lot. He didn't play the games. Anyway. No, I didn't play the games. <laughs> <laughs> but we did watch Mask of the Phantasm. Um, we did. Yeah. I gave this a four and a half out of five. What? 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 That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I was expecting this to be really good. And I was happy because that turned out to be true. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's literally just like CSI Gotham City. And for the first two acts, and I very much appreciated that. Like, big boy Batman just standing around awkwardly trying to figure out stuff is exactly what I wanted to see. And, and you know, Gotham PD being all mad about him existing is equally as fun. 
and then you know just finding out all the corruption and having like you know riddler riddler be like accurate about a lot of the reasons why he's he's so po'd <laughs> and acting out um is kind of it's all of it is just hallmark you know dc like hallmark you know batman and and his villains type thing in gotham and I, I think that's just I mean it's it's hard to put into words how how amazing it is to see on screen honestly, and I mean it, it's you know there's always going to be props to Nolan and and the way that he kind of approached it with this realism but I feel like the best thing that this film does is it approaches the realism and the comic book kind of fakeness of it at the exact like perfect angle. I do where agree. You kind of get both. Definitely. Yeah, and 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 Gotham feels like an entirely new city. You know, this Batman feels, you know, pretty pretty new, like as new as you would expect, pretty much. And it, it, it shies away from the, the origin story because in favor of kind of not even just telling us about it, but using it as kind of a launch board to, to, to you know, accelerate it to, to all sorts of directions um, by the end. And I, I do see what Zach's saying. I, obviously, we'll talk about it, mm-hmm. but I mean... I do feel like that that's kind of a part of, of what happens with, with Batman figuring things out. It kind of turns into a regular show episode where everything <laughs> kind of just starts going insane. And um, and honestly, it also allows Riddler and you know to, to, to flush to fully flesh out and he kind of becomes the total zodiac killer. And I really feel like that works perfectly with, with you know modern day and he's a totally believable like serial killer and like if, or like you know, mastermind in real life you could totally imagine obviously not blowing up the city and flooding it but <laughs> but yeah before we go much further i do think we should establish for our listeners that there are going to be a ton of spoilers in this discussion yeah. oh yeah since this Huge is a, a recent movie so yeah. um if, if you don't want to be spoiled and haven't seen the movie run away and come back later but yeah especially given the nature of this plot is is very much a detective story where yes where like discovering new information is is a point of suspense for the viewer. Yes. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Today's, <laughs> the answer to today's wordle is <laughs> Batman. Wait. Okay. No, that's six letters. All right. Anyway, four, El Rada. But yeah. Yep. Four four and a half out of five. The only real thing I have an issue with, and it's not even like a glaring issue. And it's not even something that can really be fixed. <laughs> is is it just feels kind of tonally one note, and I do understand that that's the point. However, I mm-hmm. do feel like it lingers long enough where it can be an annoyance for some people, and I totally understand that. Is really the only thing I have an issue with. So, four and a half out of five. We'll get into the nitty gritty, gory details soon. <laughs> I think that is a succinct account that I very much agree with, Mitchell. Um, and I understand the one note thing too, but uh, for me that happens to be my favorite note, so I gave this a five out of five. Uh, for me, there's uh, this is one of the five out of fives where I gave it a five out of five because there's nothing that I would change personally. Um, I like all of the decisions that were made here. There's so much I want to say about this that I I'm having difficulty deciding where to start, but I think. I guess I'll, I'll start with the ending, Zach, because you pointed that out. Um, mm-hmm. It works for me, and I definitely understand the aversion to in sort of action-heavy ending, but given that we spend like a solid two hours and 20 minutes or so um, just doing detective work, except for a, an excellent Batmobile chase mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like an opening skirmish uh, outside of Metro that lasts like 30 seconds, mm-hmm. 
and is that it? There might be one other. I'm I'm not sure. Besides um, the, uh, the stadium. general confrontations outside like the club and stuff like that. But... Yeah. So I mean that is an ast- even given our ending, which is maybe like ten fifteen minutes of action. Um, you know, with with plenty of cuts to Gordon on the ground and, and mm-hmm. Selena milling about and what mm-hmm. have you. Um, I think that's a remarkably <laughs> low clip of action for, for any superhero film. And maybe they didn't have to do much uh, for me after I feel like every Marvel movie ends in not just an, an action spectacle, but like a really CGI-heavy like monster thing or mm-hmm. something. Like, I watched... I watched Shang-Chi a little while ago and um I was I was a little underwhelmed um and the ending was like this all these like CGI d- dragons show up and it's like ah <laughs> and so I I really love the the grounded feel. I I think Pattinson is I said as much in my letterbox review. I think he is Batman first and Bruce Wayne second and I think that makes the most sense for the character. Um I loved Christian Bale. Uh, I don't know. I think Pattinson might be my new favorite. I'm I'm still weighing it, but I I think Bale, and Affleck, and Keaton, like reflecting on all of them, I think they they Conroy Conroy Kevin of course Conroy. love Conroy. Um, <laughs> they give they give Bruce. I almost think of it as like a Bruce Banner Hulk type balance where they're constantly mm. warring with each other. Obviously, it's not as like scientific and self evident as that inner battle but mm-hmm. i feel like bruce is maybe given too much power in the uh in the previous installments and it's really it's really nice to see batman <laughs> it's nice to see batman broken it's nice to see bruce suffering <laughs> um yeah so i don't know did you guys like pattinson were, were you favorable to this approach i i did like pattinson i do think after so much fuss back and forth between, like, would he make a good Batman? Would he make a good Bruce Wayne? No, he was in Twilight. Yes, he was in Good Time in the Lighthouse. Watch these movies, Christian. <laughs> after, after all that fuss... I did watch those movies. You did, yes. <laughs> after all that fuss, though, I think he was just... fine. Like, one, one of my issues with this film is it has a fantastic cast, but at the same time, I don't really know if it demands all that much from its cast members. So yes, everybody does a great job. Nobody in this is, goes, gives a bad performance. But I don't really know if this is a role or du- dual role, however you want to phrase it, that really asks that much of Robert Pattinson. When he's on screen, I believe him. I think he looks good in the bat suit. I think he is convincing as a Batman. Um, but it's it's not necessarily a part where I'm like, I'll bet he really had to sink his teeth into that. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I liked him a lot. I think <laughs> here comes the inevitable Star Wars comparison. I was talking with some <laughs> friends about it, and I likened his his uh, his approach to to uh, Hayden Christensen's. Not not to say that they're they're equal in quality. <laughs> that, that, don't, don't, let me finish. <laughs> in the sense that he's playing this like awkward man boy type that is not really capable of expressing his emotions in a way that is, mm-hmm. you know familiar to what the audience sees in and and their lived experience and i think that really comes through um this came through for me on on the second watch i went and saw this twice uh, dear viewer um and uh it's in the scene after alfred is uh, recovering from uh riddler's uh bomb that was intended for bruce and uh bruce is is incapable of, of directly telling alfred that he loves him so instead he, he gives this sort of uh rambly 
like almost like embarrassed and, and pathetic speech where he talks about uh, how he, he never thought he would have to experience the fear again of, of losing someone that he loved. And it's, it's obvious. And he's looking at Alfred and he's like, he's like five steps away from telling Alfred how much he means to him, but he can't do it. And so Alfred just like extends his hand and Bruce takes it. And I, I see what you're saying there, Zach, because there's not like, I don't think there's a ton of overacting going on or, no. and circus certainly <laughs> doesn't need to do anything as, as uh, <laughs> bizarre and outlandish no. as he does in, in the Hobbit or the apes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, no! <laughs> But the moment that, that is there. Alone. <laughs> yeah. I, like I see that as as masterful uh, filmmaking. Like there's nothing I would change to to enhance that moment, even if it sure. doesn't demand more than the from the performers. Yeah. I I think some moments like that are made more in the direction and the editing than in the performances, though. If that makes sense, it, it comes down sure. to the old Kuleshov experiment of like if you show a neutral face at just the right time it comes to mean something else to the audience based on the pacing of the scene and what you show before it and things like that. Very well edited film. I think it's entirely solid. Uh, it's just no aspect of it really like wowed me uh, like like some other films have. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I totally agree. I, d- I do kind of feel like the bar is on the lower side, but I mean, I feel like part of that is probably because this is based off of characters that already exist. That's one thing. Yeah. And there's also a ton of other, bazillion other instances of these characters existing, too. So uh, there is kind of a lot based off of assumption, kind of like what I was saying about knowing that Bruce's parents are dead is kind of like a given. Like, you don't really need to, like, act that out or have him figure out that that's like a thing. Like, we don't really need that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess I kind of agree, but I do kind of feel like it fits the the, the narrative that Reeves is kind of trying to construct here. And I also feel like... I, I, I agree that it's it's probably the editing and, and a lot of the cinematography um, that's that's kind of perfectly well-framed, like, 95% of the time, probably, mm-hmm. when they're talking. Um, and, and I feel like... I feel like Robert Pattinson has the right face. I'm gonna I'm gonna counter Kirk Douglas's face and say that I like Robert Pattinson's face. And uh, maybe it's because I tried to do a celebrity match thing and it, and it said it looked cut me me i look kind of like him so oh, really? i'm just gonna go with that huh i don't i don't think so i see the, the jawline line. a little bit yeah yeah but... yeah i'm not sparkly it's okay <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment early on where i saw the sparkly man for a second oh, really? he looked a little bit concerned and his eyebrows were slightly down i was like yep Yep, he's talking to Bella right now, and that's what I thought for like point two seconds. And that was a good thing because I really like Twilight. All right, I oh. defend Twilight. Wow, wow. To the end of time. Yep. This is an all maybe, interesting maybe development. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, yep, Colin Farrell. Wow. Yeah. Dad, and we have experience with our boy from this podcast previously. We do in Hearts War. Yeah, yeah Hearts War, and uh, he's. Uh, He's a little bit different in this. Yeah, no. <laughs> I liked when he waddled. That was the best part. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. I, and, um, yeah. I, I, I was just going to say, I, I saw this with, with two groups of friends, and, and mm-hmm. both groups um, had no idea that that was uh, an actor wearing a ton of makeup. Like, the, they, they, they fully assumed that they just got, like, a chunkier, um, less attractive dude. Uh, in Hollywood, and and uh, when I when I googled Colin Farrell and showed him his uh, 
his quite handsome British face, they were quite stunned. <laughs> In it. So something that I do feel like we should bring up here, though, is I, I was discussing with our with our past guest uh, Dylan from the Bargain Binge podcast ah, yes. uh, this film mm-hmm. as well, and he he mentioned uh, Colin Farrell's Penguin and the the waddling moment uh, and how that was amusing. But we kind of came it came down to the issue of like, it, did they really need Colin Farrell to play the Penguin in this movie, especially since it, he doesn't really look like himself at all? And there's nothing to me about the performance that really says Colin Farrell. I mean, he he does a good job. It's it's a good performance as the Penguin. But I think the question comes down to: Did you need to get Colin Farrell and put a ton of makeup on his face, or could you have potentially gotten somebody who just kind of looked more like the role that they were trying to cast? I think it's an interesting question. Like bring Danny DeVito back. <laughs> bring Danny DeVito back. <laughs> I don't think Danny DeVito belongs in this coffin at all. I think he's fantastic. Um, it's always sunny has been uh, an extremely, extremely guilty pleasure of mine. He sees Falcone. So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> I'll be the trash man. I'll throw garbage everywhere. Okay. I'm glad we, we got our DeVito. Did he? I, you know what, Zachary? I don't know, but he did, and he did a good job. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think it's a question with a single answer, but I did think it was an interesting question to ask. I gotta side with Mitchell here. I understand where you're coming from, but to me, it all boils down to: Did he do a good job? Yes, mm. he did. Okay, then yeah, he was a good choice. <laughs> Sorry. Will you be my date to prom? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> um, maybe. But Mitchell, you <laughs> no, also no, mentioned uh, something yes. that I wanted to bring up, which was uh, that these characters are based on like pre-existing comic books, and I thought that was kind of a good jumping-off point to mention that. Um, this is not my favorite Batman movie. For me, nothing is ever going to beat Batman Returns, and I understand that might be an unpopular opinion, <laughs> but it's the one that I hold. But okay. I will say, of all the Batman movies that have been made, this is the one that looks and feels most like the experience of reading a Batman comic to me. Um, mm-hmm. For better and for worse. That, that comes down to, like, it goes on maybe a little bit too long, the ending is maybe a little bit too big for the rest of the plot, um, but good things as well like visually this really reminds me of a comic book a lot of scenes are lit with only like two primary colors or um yeah like there's a lot of scenes where most of like a room is lit in sort of this cool blue moonlight effect and then we have tungsten lights in the room on like the characters and that that to me really feels like kind of a simplified illustrated style that you would see in some batman comic books so i think to me this felt like a comic more than any of the previous batman movies um more than more than Nolan's, especially. Uh, obviously, that wasn't really what Nolan was going for in his films, but I think more than uh, the Burton Schumacher ones as well. Uh, even though I do definitely enjoy those older films too. Yeah, I I appreciate those those stylistic jumps, and I'm grateful for how different um, all of these separate directors' visions are. But mm-hmm. I think I mean knowing knowing next to nothing about lighting and film, I think it's. Uh, commendable that this entire movie feels like it's either at night or there's like barely any light coming through this like perpetually overcast smog feeling mm-hmm. city but um it's never uh like i feel like sometimes this might be more of a tv problem but i feel like sometimes when when a show or a film is going for a really gritty dark aesthetic um they take it too far and it's <laughs> and there are points where it becomes legitimately difficult for the viewer to to perceive what is 
going on in front of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Zack Snyder. Um, but that was never that was never an issue for me here, which was nice. Thank you, Matt. Very cool. And I do have to say, I watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes last night. Mm. I saw that. That's yeah. how you really prepare a brain. <laughs> and there was, for, in terms of the lighting, I could tell that Reeves was like, it's about to be daytime. You can't do daytime. Sorry. <laughs> There's no daytime. It's raining? Holy crap. It's freaking raining, guys. Everyone get the cameras out. We got to get, look at this. Get up in that. Look at that. Look at that CGI. Mm. Mm. Well, Andy, go yell something really loud and we're going to film you for two minutes while you're looking all frustrated talking to the humans and that totally works yeah it totally works and then there's like one time where it's cloudy and it's and it's just exactly like um what's it called the batman mm-hmm. <laughs> yes that <laughs> so. is what the movie is called. <laughs> well that might be a good jumping off point did, did we want to discuss matt reeve's previous work and and in comparison to this i thought you would kind of tease that at the beginning you of this keep, well, you're keep the c word um but i i wanted to talk about the c word actually i heard you say cgi oh. and i was like mm. <sighs> I, I wanted I want to spend like a minute. No, or I, two meant, on I that. meant the movie. Oh, that C word. Okay. Oh, I thought you meant. Th- well, aren't we gonna yeah. d- are we gonna do that one? Maybe. We are going to do Cloverfield big reveal. We're doing Cloverfield. Okay, yeah. Oh my goodness. Some sometime. The bomb Maybe is season dropped. seven, eight. <laughs> yep. Bane, Bane is about to blow up the stadium. <laughs> I've hit WMDs in Iran. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It was funny. <laughs> we wanted to talk about CGI then, though. <laughs> yes. yes. No. I don't know, and I, I, I dislike that I keep comparing to Marvel. And mm. I'm not, I'm not a CGI hater. Obviously, I, I watch the prequels for fun all the time. I'm a, the biggest George Lucas apologist you probably know. Um, I think CGI is useful and often uh, a mark of, of, of good f- filmmaking in, 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 in certain places and and what have you um mm-hmm. but uh and i know i know that this film is not absent of cgi but yeah. i know that i uh could not notice it like 98 percent of the time i think there's yeah. one shot where bruce is like he's swinging like I mean, uh repelling down a like some sort of building and it looks like oh, yeah. that's like yeah that was probably cgi and uh i don't know maybe like some of the of the final encounter when he's like dangling might have been CGI, but other than that, there were—I don't think there were any moments that I personally noticed. Did it? Did it ever stick out to you guys? Well, <clears throat> no. I mean, that's that's what I was thinking of. I mean, in the film, about midway through, I was like, because I I know that they constructed like massive blocks of like original like Gotham City on the Warner Brothers backlot to film this. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like because I think the Batman movies always work better when they kind of build their own Gotham. Uh, one of my complaints about the Nolan movies is it kind of just feels like Chicago. Um, but, like, I halfway through, I was like, I can't tell what's CG in this. Like, they surely, they definitely complemented this with CG, but I can't really tell. The only place I could tell was that climax and that third act, where I'm like, okay, the, the stadium is flooding, like, we're definitely doing CG here. Uh, and there are some shots where he's kind of dangling off of the... I don't know what that structure is, like like the lighting grid over the top of the stadium mm-hmm. where I was like, that kind of looks like a blue screenshot to me. Um, it, when it gets bigger is where the CG becomes more obvious to me. But for the most part, like in places throughout where they definitely like complimented the car chase or complimented wide shots of Gotham, I, I could not really tell. Yeah, I'd call that a feat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and when we go uh, like all GoPro on the car chase is probably <laughs> like the the best, one of the best car chases I think I've ever seen. Probably like top ten. And I don't know how many car chases there are. But. <laughs> Matt Reeves mentioned uh, Christine in in some of the yeah. marketing as like a vibe that he wanted to go for with the Batmobile, and I think he totally got that. Right down oh, yeah. to how it just kind of sits there, like revving yes. up, like it's growling yeah. before it drives out. When, when I was that, in the theater, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I felt like I should be hearing like John Carpenter chords in the background. Yeah, I got so boom, hyped, boom, guys. Boom. I had to like I yeah. had to contain myself because I was with friends. Was a little I was bit. like, get him, get him. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Zach, I know you had some reservations about um, um, what's her face? Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Um, a long, yeah. long time ago. Um, I don't know. Oh. I th- I don't even know if this was post trailer or post casting announcement. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and I know you're you're very partial to Michelle Pfeiffer, understandably. <laughs> But uh, okay, <laughs> I've been sold out. But own it, own it. I, I I do like the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. I I think, I think she, both in terms of like how that character looks, how she moves, how she acts. I think that's the best version of Catwoman we might ever get, possibly. Um, but I think I think Zoe Kravitz did a good job in this. Um, I I guess after the first trailer, I was a little unsure, but I think she was good. Um, I don't really know that much about Selena Kyle's backstory. I was not aware that any version of the character was related to Don Falcone. Um, I, or I don't know if that's something they just came up with for this movie. Um, but I thought that was a fine way to give her more motivation within the plot. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, the only thing that really bugged me about her was her, her acrylic nails. <laughs> which she has th- she has these really long like nails in the movie that are meant to be her own fingernails like they go through the ends of her gloves like she has them in the club like they're clearly meant to be like this is just what I do out and about and I do it when I'm doing cat burglary as well and I was like don't those get in the way how do you crack safes with you those you know it's so funny how do you I fight actually... with those those I'm are going to break gonna say... Before before everyone says we're, we're all thinking Zach's obviously a sexist, I was going to say <laughs> that you can't shoot a pistol with those nails, okay? Unless you have, like, your finger. I literally said this in the theater. Uh-huh. I was like, you can't put your, like, finger in there and pull the trigger and keep it. You have to keep it in there. It makes no sense. I was like, this is what out of yeah. my This is ridiculous. And obviously that's just a small thing, but it really distracted me. Where every time they showed her nails, I was like... Don't those get in the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not. That's not the answer I expected to get. <laughs> I'll take it. That's hilarious. Michelle Pfeiffer's nail. Oh my god! Don't even talk. Michelle Pfeiffer that. doesn't even have long nails. She has the sewing thing she puts on the end of her gloves. And to me, that's like okay. They're like claws. She scratches people with them. She doesn't scratch people with her actual fingernails. <laughs> well, I'll confess to. To knowing less about the uh, the technical specifications of, of acrylic fingernails, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I I think that Kravitz had a had maybe the hardest job of some because her dialogue uh, I think really leaned into like the comic bookiness of mm-hmm. uh, like mm-hmm. like really hard like like Bruce is like yeah. Bruce is like don't throw your life away, Selena. And she's like, she's like, don't, don't worry. I, I got nine of them. Honey. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> and a few other moments like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 
and it never feels overplayed and um you know a pattinson is a very nice uh, little like baseline for her to play off of so mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i was impressed i was impressed um and i hope i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i don't know if you guys have heard about these hbo max spinoffs but yeah as oh, of no. now they're uh <laughs> zach says oh, no. <laughs> they're planning a, i uh, haven't <laughs> i think the plan as of now is a uh is a penguin spinoff uh and an arkham uh focused spinoff and then there have been rumors about a catwoman thing but okay nothing concrete see i was gonna mention <sighs> all right the, the reason <laughs> i i was worried when the second trailer came out and it was like, oh, we're doing all these characters in this movie. We got, we don't just have the Batman and the Riddler. We have Falcone and the Penguin, and we have Catwoman. And hey, guys, there might be a Joker. Like, and I was like, okay, is this going to be too much? And one of the reasons it didn't feel like too much was that this movie doesn't play them as like big deals. Yeah. It doesn't play all these characters as like, and here's a villain. It's not like uh, Batman Forever or something like that, where it's like, Gotham has a new villain in town. It's the Two-Face. It's just the characters are there and they exist within the world. And that's why it didn't feel like too much to me. I worry that if they start going off and making independent properties with all these different characters, it could start to feel overstuffed. If they do intend mm-hmm. to do more things with this world and this these characters... Um, I worry that having too much of a focus on all of them as, like, villains or defined, like, characters who need their own, like, background and arcs in every single movie, I worry it could be too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I feel like I feel like a lot of this is going to end up becoming kind of one-trick pony stuff, mm. and uh, especially with the character development, because I, I do feel like we, we don't really know how Pattinson's going to be if, if they keep using him and then he starts to develop maybe he'll come into it a little bit more we don't really know i mean obviously you've seen that happen before and it's totally worked out fine but i mean this is kind of like a shot like in a certain like a snapshot of a certain era kind of thing where it feels like you know zoe kravitz is, even even her catwoman she's still kind of like after she does that comic bookiness she starts to get all emotional and distracted mm-hmm. and and isn't really into the total femme fatale kind of like you know Sure, I'm just sure. Walking around, it's less and, of an and, archetype. And being like, yeah, yeah. I'm being sexual. I'm gonna steal all your tools now, kind of thing. <laughs> and then, you know, and then Batman obviously isn't just like brooding and saying, you know, all that stuff. But I mean, I, I totally think it works for the film, 100. percent And I do like how she's kind of trying to be a little bit confident, but then she gets emotionally t- tied down, especially by that one girl, which she said her name like 50 times, and I still forgot her name. Annika. Uh, Annika, I was going to go Ilya, um, but yeah, Annika. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the, the uh, contact lens scene, which, by the way, is a fantastic so cool. innovation. Oh, my that, god! That contact lens thing is very close, like, near, you know, modern, pretty modern day, almost probably somewhere it is it is modern day, but um, I'm looking at you, Army. <laughs> I know you're doing stuff. You have Iron Man somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I really think that scene worked great, and I feel like she was like, no, I, I got to find... Annika, <laughs> and he's like, no, stop it. Uh, <laughs> Go back to the DA. <laughs> Go back to the DA. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that scene a lot. And I really, it shows both of their character flaws very well. Yeah. And it's totally believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I wanted to, oh, I can't believe I forgot about the contact lens. Oh, that's such a useful uh, tool. Yeah. And I've been, uh, I've been uh, uh, scrolling Twitter a lot just on like Batman hashtag things and somebody some rando said something about realizing 
that Bruce isn't just like standing around moving slowly because he's awkward, but it, part of it's because he's probably like actually scanning the room and like, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. in the faces and, and evidence, which is a, I, a nice touch. I do like how little he speaks in the film, and I like yeah. how he is kind of an unusable, un, unmovable mass a lot of the time. Like uh, Chris Stuckman pointed this out in his review, but like when he walks into the crime scene at the end, and the one guy's like, "Hey, this area's off limits," and he just kind of like looks at him. <laughs> yeah. and then turns back um, I really like that how like he doesn't have to say anything he just is kind of this intimidating force for the scene which I think also ties into the kind of like I am the knight and people are afraid to come into contact with me thing which I think is something that this movie does better than any other uh, Batman movie except maybe like the first five minutes of the first Tim Burton one um I think this better than any other Batman movie emphasizes that idea of like people are afraid of the shadows because they think I could be in them, uh, yeah. which I think isn't pulled off nearly as well in any of the other films. I agree. Yeah. And I think uh, what with the spinoffs, I think I, I tentatively agree with you guys. I think it's a tricky balance to strike and there's, there's always the possibility of too much too soon. And I like how, despite the, fil- the familiarity I have with like Falcone and Penguin and, and uh, Selena Kyle, um, they they are like players in a detective story rather than these gargantuan comic book characters that need backstory and their own fight scenes and, and whatever. Um, I think that Reeves has kind of set set himself up with a bit of a challenge here because I've, I see this as like a, a, a near-perfect detective story with a villain uh, in Riddler that, that really can match Batman. Not just match Batman, but I think is demonstrably smarter than Batman. And... Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way that this plot, despite our, our maybe some of our misgivings about the, the action finale, um, this is like, this is almost two and a half hours of, of pure detective story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we enjoy that, that stylistic choice, but a sequel is going to be, a, a, I think, an immense challenge because mm-hmm. Riddler's still alive and he's in Arkham. We know what happens when villains are in Arkham. They break out at some point. <laughs> so, and we've got an... And a giggly, unseen Arkham prisoner who's who's riffing with the Riddler yeah. and um, making making uh, jokes and seems to be a match for his wit. And I am sitting here like, would it be fulfilling if the sequel is another two hours of detective work? I I don't know, I don't know. Mm. Maybe maybe Reeves should have some freedom to to uh, dabble in in the action aspects of Batman. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I love to see and Detective you- Batman here, but. What are your thoughts? And you can't do Falcone, uh, Mr. Big from Zootopia again. <laughs> oh, oh, Thomas Wayne. Oh, I'm glad you finally came to me. I need to tell you something. Hippocratic. <laughs> You've disappointed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, okay, I do want to see if they do a sequel. Because one of the They're things gonna, that also gonna. kind of bugged me about the third act of this movie, specifically the very end was that Joker tease, where I was like, did we need it? Like, we've had enough Joker in the movies. Did we need to tease a sequel? Because I think for the most part, this stands really well. It's just a standalone movie. And I I kind of miss movies that are just like, we're a movie, we're our own movie, we could be done, we'll see. And it kind of makes you interested in a sequel without actually telling you you're going to get one. Um, But at the same time, in a sequel, I I don't want to see the Riddler and the Joker. Um, in a mm. sequel. 
Like, at least not a first sequel. Maybe if there's a third one, we bring them back in that one. But I'd like to see a sequel in which they do something totally different. There's a totally different kind of villain. Um, maybe it's a totally different kind of plot or a totally different kind of detect detective work. Um, but I do want to see something different. One of my issues with Batman movies is that a lot of the time, at least in terms of how they cinematically adapt the villains, they kind of all get turned into the Joker or Joker clones, where they become these mm. kind of giggly, manic, mm. like, insane people. And I, I even kind of had an issue with that with the Riddler in this oh, one, no. where for the most part, no. he was like a nailed-down, like, Zodiac-style killer. But that third act, he starts the giggling, he starts the moaning, he starts the freaking out and the, the Jokerisms, <laughs> and I'm like, we were avoiding this for so long. Like, can't we just have a villain that's different? In a sequel, I don't. I want to see a totally different kind of villain. Um, black Mask. Give give me a totally like stoic, nailed down Black Mask. That's a that's a real like force against a, a kind of Batman that is an immovable object. Give, give me a character that kind of matches that immovability and that stoicism. I think that could be really interesting. So I'm interested to see a sequel, maybe even a detective sequel, but I do want to see them do something different, and I don't think I want to see Dano and, and Kyoin as the Riddler and the Joker again just yet. Hmm. I feel like you do have to... It kind of sounds a little ridiculous coming from like an audience perspective, but I feel like trying to to make a story without joker somehow being involved early on is is kind of bold <laughs> considering every other every other story yeah and i and i kind of agree i kind of agree i do feel like they didn't need to have joker in it but at the same time i do understand that kind of the expectation i feel like the expectation is big enough where it justifies him being there honestly mm -hmm. and and i feel like i feel like if they make him if they make joker different enough if our boy from Dunkirk and 15 other things I don't care about. Green Knight. He's is, so um, good in the Green Knight. Oh my he's God. In, the, in the Green Knight. Okay. Killing him a sacred deer. In that thing. All right. What did I just say? <laughs> so I think he, yeah, I, I think, I think it really depends on, on how they, they do him later. And, and I mean, it's just a tease, so it's not really that big of a deal, but I do see where you're coming from. I, I, I don't feel like he was, it was absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. The tease. Did it, was it necessary? No. Was it? awesome in my opinion yes did people understand it even the people that have seen two or three comic book movies and are not fully acquainted with batman yes so i think it is it is notable just like that it has this post-credity fan bait feel to it except because of the iconography of the character it works if not for everyone then almost everyone i think that's worth noting yeah i, I think that's fair i mean i will admit in, in the theater that i was in um because I think uh, theater reactions were interesting for me. Um, but when that scene came up, uh, the guy in the row in front of me went, <gasps> and like stood up in his seat, and I went, <laughs> and sat further back in my seat. <laughs> but um, yeah, I had an interesting crowd for this one. My my audience in the theater, like, giggled every time that, that Batman, like, wailed on somebody. Because there, there are scenes in this where he just, like, punches people into, like, a pulp against the yeah. ground. And people found that funny in my theater. It was weird. Well, I'll say uh, people in, in my theater uh, giggled when Riddler was really uh, going loopy. Um, and I see it as less of a less of an expression of comedy and more of, like... I was, I was actually talking with on the phone with my parents because cause they saw it um, a day mm. or so ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I said it's like... 
It's like when a kid says something inappropriate in health class and they start laughing. It's not it's not because it's funny, it's because they feel uncomfortable and they're trying to like make themselves feel less uncomfortable by uh, mm-hmm. by making it by diminishing it by by treating it like it's funny. So, it same be. thing in my theater, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean I mean I just I was kind of like, oh, 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 like that. That's kind of how I was reacting. Take it easy, sweetheart. That's how I was. When, I, when, when he was making the, uh, like the, like the O face, you know, I'm, the, I'm trying to be, nobody can see me. It's with the O with the lips. And then he's like, he, his eyes go crazy. And he's just like, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, what is he doing? This is very effective. Yeah. That's what I thought to myself. I have to defend um, Paul Dano's Riddler. Paul, the, er, mm-hmm. Paul, Paul, I called you Paul. Zach. Zach. Yes. <laughs> Wait. Projection. Oh my god. I, so, I mean, I. Oh no. Go. go no. Ahead. No. You first, then I'll go. So I, I'm gonna say, like, I, I, I do think, like a lot of the actors in this, I don't think he's asked to do too much by this movie, but I think it's a good performance. I think, especially in the mask, uh, in the first two acts, he's a very imposing force. Um, I, I think some of his shtick does feel like it's sort of lifted from that one scene in the dark Knight where the Joker sends that video, uh, to the news. A, a, a lot of the Riddler stuff in this kind of had a vibe, like, why don't we tap into that to me? But I think that's, I mean, that's a thing that shows up in serial killer narratives too. So I'm not going to say they're just ripping that off. Um, but he worked during those first two acts when he's a lot more nailed down for me. It's specifically once he's in Arkham that, I, he, he kind of started to lose the appeal for me. Uh, personally, because I really like the Riddler. Um, and I think the Riddler too often gets played as this sort of like spastic, giggly character. I, I kind of like a Riddler, and we've seen them before, I kind of like a Riddler that's maybe a little more nailed down, a little more reserved, a little quieter. Or um, something they do in The Long Halloween, which they don't do in this film, but I think is interesting is in that the Riddler is like this this bar-crawling, like, junkie who kind of just sort of sits in the corner, like, squirreling away to himself, which I think we get a little bit of this, but then it kind of seeps into Joker territory. It's iffy. It's not a performance that I dislike by any means, but it's a performance I look at and I go, I know Paul Dano could have done, or, or Dano, I think he pronounces it Dano, could have done, like, something different with this, and I maybe would have liked to see that. Huh. Well, mm, I also see the uh, the saw kind of thing, especially with yeah. that rat trap was very the rat, I don't yeah. say derivative, but it was kind of derivative and um, it was effective. And especially for a PG-13 movie, I feel like it was really like that was perfect territory for that. Like we really kind of want to go R, but we don't need to kind of feel with it. Yeah. And, and I feel like that was appropriate. The thumb drive thing. And um, yeah, I kind of see what you mean about the video thing being kind of similar, you know, Every time, uh, I, I don't know what the what did he say? Somebody in Gotham dies or whatever. How uh, does it go? Somebody in Gotham does die. No, <laughs> like what, what does Joker die. say? What does Joker say? I'm trying to remember. Oh, um, I don't know. It's been a long his, time his since I saw prosthetic the on. Yeah, who knows? No. Well, <laughs> anyway, I was gonna make a Riddler trophy joke, but that's okay. <laughs> Gosh, 99%. We'll place another, <laughs> well, I'll place another Riddler trophy in oh. an undisclosed location. Oh. I feel like I feel like this this Riddler really does well with the the laugh thing. I feel like he's trying to to figure, trying to like put the puzzles and everything, and he, he gets overjoyed by it, and he's also kind of frustrated at the same time. 
I just feel like he's conveying different emotions with kind of the 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 the, the persona that he's he's put up with trying to like put puzzles and literally everything and, and i feel like you can really do a lot there and i feel like they did but i do kind of think i mean especially if you're not like if you don't really know how the riddler is and other things or you, you don't have enough experience with the riddler it kind of feels a little bit like joker but i mean i just i don't know i'm, I'm kind of hesitant to make that direct comparison but i, I do kind of see what you mean and and i do feel like you know the the riddler having his own henchmen and stuff is kind of you know like we kind of see that a lot with the Joker too. So I, I don't know. I feel like it works well with the movie and I don't really feel like it's, it's something that's, you know, in like uh, so much of a direct comparison that it garners, like it needs to be more original or something. I feel like it, it kind of fits the universe and I do feel like he's his own character, um, especially with his acting capabilities. I feel like he's, he's kind of got a wide range of being crazy. Um, almost like, I mean, uh, kind of beats Heath Ledger in a couple areas, not to, to just outrage everyone <laughs> in existence, basically. But uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of Heath Ledger for oh, a lot of things. And I, I feel like it's one one perspective. It's one perspective, okay? Joker is one perspective. And I feel like this is kind of the same thing. I feel like this is another way to do the Riddler, and I feel like it fits the universe very well. Yeah, well said. I think it fits the setting of this film, and I mean, I see some some oblique Joker similarities, but I don't think every crazy killer is is automatically Joker esque. Um, I loved his performance. I think that it's a it's a massive accomplishment to do what he did, especially since I mean, for the first almost probably almost two hours, maybe not quite, but certainly the first half of the film, he's acting through a mask or through a phone through a mask and a phone screen mm-hmm. and there's like he's doing so much zoom zoom ptsd <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah it's like and you guys know you know by now we've talked about a lot of movies i am totally averse to overacting mm-hmm. i yeah. i'm not a fan of it I, I tune out it it makes everything feel more artificial to me when when somebody is really really hamming it up unless it's like spe- very specifically t- to to a movie's um, aesthetic or goal and that was not an issue for me, despite, like, he does, like, all this, like, high whinnying, and, and he, like, holds out this, like, sung tone when when uh, when Batman reveals that he's not actually trying to help him when he sees him in Arkham. Like, mm. all this is, is stuff that, that would surely uh, turn me off if it were any other actor. Or, but I, yeah. I, just, I totally bought it. I thought it was tremendous. I was, I was convinced. I've been on something of a, of a Dano kick lately. Um, Check out my letterbox. Do you want to see my thoughts on his other films? <laughs> In the link Pro below, letterbox. smash yeah. that like button. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want me to... Oh, on the Riddler Trophy bit. I've been... Uh, I'm going to let the audience <laughs> behind the curtain here. Um, I've been at 99% completion on Arkham Knight for... Uh, gosh, it's probably... It's probably like almost six years it's now. Maybe more. Um, yeah. I have like a little over a dozen Riddler trophies left and at some point I just like I couldn't do it anymore I just I just couldn't Mm -hmm. if we get (laughs) if we get like 10 comments on the YouTube edition of this that's that's really high I don't think it's gonna happen that's a real 10 comments that would be absolutely sick (laughs) all right guys we're gonna take we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to jump off a gargoyle today we're gonna see if we can get 100,000 subs Hey guys. Um, if we get 100,000 subs, I will give out 10 free Teslas. <laughs> this will probably be my last video for a long time. <laughs> Just want to say thanks for the support. We broke up. We broke up. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to apologize. <laughs> I will finish Arkham Knight if we get 10 comments on our YouTube edition. 
So, uh, I just, is that the one where the Riddler makes like racetracks that you have to do, or is that a later one? Yes, that yeah, was okay. that was a couple of them. Yeah, they, they basically he they're just collectibles, and you have mm. to like solve like little puzzles using your gadgets and and perspective and detective mode and all that yeah. to figure out how to get to the trophy. That's it. Oh, gadgets! Yeah. I like how the emblem is a batarang in this yeah. that uses yep. to cut things. Like it, it's functional. I like how everything on yep. the suit is functional yeah. in this version. Everything yep. is very, very practical. And mm-hmm. shoot, what was I gonna say? Oh, the combat! The combat! The combat is just like the free flow combat in yeah. Arkham Knight. Yeah, it, it, it literally is. Yeah, it's just awesome. It one hundred percent is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I was getting kind of confused at first. Like, I mean, mentally, I, in, in my head, when they first started fighting, I was like, "There's no, there's no track or anything." <laughs> just punching them and i was like that's kind of cool yeah. it's just it's that's just like it's like it's realistic you know he's yeah. like he's just going ham on him i was like all right <laughs> you know it really preserves the moment and having that wide shot and everything i just feel like it, it gives you a full perspective of what it feels like kind of to watch somebody beat the crap out of somebody yeah you know? and i also like that he's i mean it's only year two for this batman um so you right. get a feeling that he is kind of untrained uh, he a lot mm-hmm. of his combat is kind of just wailing on people, and he's not exactly like a precise ninja, um, which mm-hmm. I think we see in other Batman. Um, and he's also not just this like stealthy ghoul who can go into a scene, take everybody out, and then immediately leave a scene again. Like I thought we got with like the Keaton yeah. Batman. Like he gets hit, he gets punched, he gets smacked in the back, he gets he gets shot over. like a he million gets times, shot yeah. to the chest from like, yeah. point blank. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. He, he's a Batman that that gets injured. Um, and kind of makes it by the skin of his teeth in some cases. Yeah, yeah. And then there's that adrenaline shot, and some people are like, "Is that oh. is that Bane Venom?" Ooh. Oh god. I, I have not heard that. Of that. Yeah. Mm, I kind of I kind of liked not not knowing that it was Bane Venom, honestly. If it is. I, I don't think it is. I yeah. I think they might make it that in like a later uh, a, a later film if they keep making these. But like, I doubt that Matt Reeves was like, and then he injects the Bane flu. <laughs> I have this plan. Who knows? This is this is this is stronger commentary than any episode of Euphoria when it comes to drug abuse. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not okay. even kidding. All right, I'm I'm outraging everybody today. Yeah, you're you're really just just, just <laughs> yeah. Gonna, okay, we're we're almost out of time, but I wanted to uh, try to hit on the score super quickly. Um, okay. It's yes. it's fairly minimalistic. This is mm-hmm. Michael Giacchino. Nirvana. Who we know from Nirvana? Yes. Um, Jaquino <laughs> uh, did Incredibles, did uh, Rogue One, did uh, Mission Impossible, did a lot of other stuff. Um, mm. I've heard a lot of people liken the Batman theme to the Imperial March because it's just the one opening it, interval. Yeah, and, like <sighs> yeah, I get it, yeah. but like I love John Williams, but he doesn't own that interval. Like I, I didn't really care. Um, and I, I, Christian, I, John Williams, he doesn't do it. Okay, I am going to say, Christian, and, if this was I, any other movie, I think you would go, they just ripped off John Williams. <laughs> okay, well, maybe. <laughs> but I really liked Selena's theme. That was the theme that, that I connected with. Everything else was kind of just like fine function for me. But mm-hmm. yes, that's my bit. <laughs> they could have they overplayed something in the way a little bit. Too much, like one, once too many times, maybe, but... I don't know. I, love, I mean, I think I think it works. I love that Bruce is actually listening to the song in the Batcave. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, I think it totally works for the the vibe, and even even towards the end, and even when things get picked up, I do feel like it still it, it can it can still hold there, and I just feel like that's Kurt Cobain. But yeah, go ahead, Zach. Um, 
I mean, I, I do like that this is a Batman movie with a kind of wallpaper score. Uh, I think that most of our previous Batman films have had, like, these big, like, themes that you really remember. And I like that I can't really even hum this score. It just kind of worked for me in the moment. I kind of like that. I like a subtler soundtrack. Um, the stuff that did bug me was, I guess it was Nirvana. I thought it was The Cure. I haven't listened to either band. You thought um, it was The Cure? Zach, that, that is... God. Did you hear the I, trailer? That is, that is pure Kurt Cobain's voice. How can you possibly... Okay. I'm going to admit, I listened to a lot of music, but I haven't listened to Nirvana or The Cure yet. Like, so I don't, I don't even know what The Cure really sounds like. I just Bro. kind of know their, like, oh, visual. Gosh. Um, oh, All right, but I, I do think about to play another song. I'm going to agree Something with Mitchell. Okay, I'm going to agree with Mitchell that I do think they overplayed it maybe like one too many times. I don't know if I needed it like during the ending uh, because it felt sort of tonally at odds with what was happening, uh, especially in the context of like where they played it elsewhere in the movie, where like the song then reminded me of like, things are terrible in Gotham. And we see <laughs> Batman like encouraging this woman as she's like helicopter lifted out of this place yeah. that felt a little awkward and it felt a little bit just like we're bringing it back and it didn't quite work for me mm -hmm. but i yeah i liked how it had subtler music than past batman movies sure i i, I agree with both of you um okay let's let's go to our final thoughts and i want okay. i would like to go first here um i think my favorite thing about this movie is its willingness to uh subvert what, what it sets up so so we all had this this viral moment when we were still uh, we were all still at home. I think this was this was twenty twenty. <laughs> viral? Wow. Yeah. No. Weird. No. Come on. Let me use words, Mitchell. Okay. <laughs> you stop it. We'll, we'll see where this is going. <laughs> when the DC fandom trailer for the Batman dropped and everyone uh -huh. went freaking insane because oh. there, there's a moment where Batman's wailing on the dude and then he's like, "I'm vengeance." Everyone's like, "Yeah, he's vengeance. Heck yeah, that's that's my Batman. This guy gets it. Yeah." But the moral mm -hmm. of this movie is that he, he can't be vengeance. Vengeance is not enough. He needs to be more. Mm -hmm. He needs to be hope. He needs to be... Oh, I was gonna... Yeah, sorry. Hope. But I love the willingness to, to just, like, throw this, this, like, sort of underdeveloped audience perception of Batman back in, back in their face to, to, to force... The, to force the viewer to grapple with the idea that, that Batman is not just, like, this... I don't know. This... It's like it's like dream Bat. of 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 punching and and like yeah. there there has to be more and he's he needs to be more morally complicated than just a guy that wails on criminals and so I really appreciated that twist I didn't anticipate it I thought it I th I thought it would lean into the sort of like antihero feel of of the vengeance despite the the no kill rule and I I was really grateful for Reeves for 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 closing and and. I think he understood that he was subverting what we all thought Batman, what we all wa maybe wanted Batman to be after seeing that first trailer. And it's bookended by the two narr narrations, which another thing Chris Stockman mentioned is the, the narration is a very bold choice because mm -hmm. that, that could go bad very quickly oh, yes. with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And I feel like they, they, they work in the score there, and I feel like it... it you know, you can definitely tell there's a change, you know, a, a coming of age kind of thing. Um, you know, the the change in status quo, as it were, for the hero's journey um, at the very end. And I totally feel like it works. And I feel like he's just going to join the National Guard or something because he could be a great humanitarian guy. Yeah, um, I mean, we've kind of heard my overall thoughts. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention, 
there were some weird shots in this where it felt like it was moving too quickly. Um, I don't know if that happened in your theaters. Maybe it was just a corruption of the file that they sent to mine. But there were scenes in this where I like thought it looked like it was shot in a different frame rate. And maybe they like when he lights the flare and is leading them out, it looked like the smoke was moving too quickly, which made me think maybe they shot it for slow motion and then didn't end up slowing it down. It was weird. So that was kind of distracting. It happened also when he's like wrestling Selena away from Falcone, and it looks like they're like moving way too quickly for a second. That that was a little weird. I might have to rewatch mm. it to see if that happens on a second showing. Um, but yeah, it's a good movie. It's a solid movie. Three out of five. I do recommend it if or if not you're a comic book fan. Uh, it just didn't quite uh, scratch my Batman itch like other movies have. I think we've adequately revealed that this is a goober Zack three out of five and that despite his insistence on not giving it a four, we're all, we're all on some level of agreement that this is an excellent film, a very well-made film. I, I, this is a very well-made film. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It just, it, for a, a four, it didn't sit right with me. I'll speed run. Four and a half out of five. Um, this is probably my favorite Batman movie, I'm going to be honest with you. Same. Um, and I, I, I think it does Batman justice. <laughs> the answer is justice and um i feel like robert pattinson is is a great batman i feel like a lot of the characters feel like early beginnings of their characters in the batman dc universe whatever the heck new 52 god for sake oh, i don't even know how many freaking dimensions there are right now um yeah um bloodhaven was a reference yes anyway. I, I, I heard yeah it. <laughs> i noticed that i'm brain i know stuff all right yes um i think the cinematography is fantastic i love the cinematography it's probably if i had to choose any one thing i feel like the cinematography really sticks out to me and i feel like it really makes things a lot more dramatic and the the lighting and the the, the sets just look fantastic i i love every aspect of it i feel like it really feels like a gotham city that's a crappy city that batman has to really grow into himself to be able to to deal with and and really kind of you know become become the bat as it were it's the bat (laughs) and um yeah four and a half out of five really not a lot i would change with it and i highly highly recommend it to basically anybody at all who's interested in this and i feel like it really does what it's supposed to um and i'm, I'm look, looking forward to see what happens next and praying that nothing goes down the pooper <laughs> okay. well that's a great closer okay i i want to say okay real quick we didn't mention jeffrey wright but he freaking rocks he freaking yes rocks. jeffrey wright very great solid commissioner gordon. gordon yes yeah um i'm on a i'm in a bit of a rush here dear audience so let's say instead yeah. of like a full-fledged week in review maybe we can just each like mention something we've watched or consumed that we liked mm-hmm. a lot in like 20 seconds um ah sorry um i watched in a lonely place uh humphrey bogart 1950 a terrific blend mm. of, of suspense and romance five out of five freaking loved it it's only like 90 minutes long and it's on amazon prime please go watch it it's great uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, get out of here, Zach. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, four out of five. Matt Reeves definitely can see a lot of the parallels. You know that movie would not be nearly as good if, if Matt Reeves wasn't directing it. Andy Circus didn't scream a million times. <laughs> and then after that, I was so excited. I was like, you know what else is good about these, uh, you know, still frames? Follow shots. Then I started watching Full Metal Jacket. I haven't read that yet. <laughs> nice. Go ahead, Zach. Okay, uh, I re-listened to Pink Floyd's Obscured by Clouds. Uh, it's an album they did for the film La Bahie right before. I think it was right before Dark Side of the Moon. Underrated album, three out of five. I recommend checking it out. That was awesome. That was ah, firing on all cylinders. Okay, and then it was time for one more, one more chance to to to, to back Zach into a corner. 
Oh my god. And forced him to spew his arbitrary nonsense. Oh my yes. gorn. This is the Batman rundown. The Batman. The bat down. The bat down, you might say. Um, <laughs> I'm very, very excited to to berate Zach one more time. Um, All right. 60 seconds. Oh, gosh, my timer's not a minute because we haven't done this in so long. Okay, one minute. Mitchell, uh, I'll start us off this time. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. Robert Pattinson is Batman. Four out of five. FaceTime bomb threats. Uh, three out of five. El Radalada. Three out of five. No habla espanol. Two out of five. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. Eh, three out of five. Disappointed Italian mobster is disappointed. Four out of five. Two hour, 56 minute runtime. Three out of five. Question mark lattes. Three out of five. Barry Keegan as unseen Arkham prisoner. Three out of five. A gothic Gotham. Uh, four out of five. Christine inspired Batmobile. Four out of five. Any circus somehow not doing mocap. Uh, three out of five. Paul Dano's cracked glasses. Three out of five. Vengeance. Three out of five. Hope. Three out of five. Bad eyeshadow. Four out of five. Batman canonically listening to Nirvana. Uh, three out of five. The Iceberg Lounge. Uh, three out of five. Zach Garagas as Robert Pattinson. Uh, four out of five. <laughs> Christian Merrick as Bruce Wayne. Three out of five. Mitchell Bardsley as Batman. Four out of five. John Two Turturro seconds. as Carmine Falcone. Four out of five. Time! <laughs> Beautiful. Nice. We just Perfect. got through it. Yeah, John was Turturro was good. great. I wanted to mention him. Yes, he was fantastic. Yeah. I knew everyone was sleeping on him because everyone was talking about uh, Colin Farrell and Jeffrey Wright. And I knew mm-hmm. tur- I knew that Falcone would be important when they brought him in. And he was. I forgot yeah, there's he one was thing. He showed there's up, one thing. Like, John Turturro? Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing we can totally agree on. The, f- the cast is literally just, I wouldn't change anything about it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it, it does wonders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was okay. excellent. Wow. One hour of Batman content. We did it. Huzzah. Wow. On episode 60, no less. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's only nine away from... 60. That's only nine nah, away don't from... Don't finish um... that sentence, Mitchell. Okay. Um, this has been okay. Koki Pocket. And this has been a podcast about film. This is not a new season, but maybe there will no. be a new season. You know, just uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, we'll do a spinoff series. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do an, a limited engagement with HBO Max. We'll, we'll keep you posted. Yep. Anyway, brownie pouch. <laughs> I'm Christian. That's Zach and Mitchell. And uh, hi. Yeah. Bye. We're not what you deserve, but we're, we're what the film podcast needs to be. I, I, don't, I don't know. All Goodbye. Right. <laughs> Goodbye. Love you. Bye.